This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning. Happy New Year. (laughs) Tallahassee, you are listening to 94.1 Wave 94. And we are so excited that we've made it through 2022 and we have landed in 2023. Happy New Year. As we escape to heaven, you're listening to Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ, Servant Marcia, and God has given me a word. I tell you that this 2023, yes, we're going to experience great blessings, but there's going to be lots of turmoil. That's what the Lord is letting me understand or feel. And um, I began to beseech the Lord as Daniel did when he came to the revelation and understanding that those 70 years had been completed and there was going to be a mighty shift. And that's what I'm feeling right now from the Father. I've been praying. Uh, God has been just working with me, touching me, and I'm sure He's doing that with you. We all feel that something unusual, something momentous, something that leads us to where Jesus said, the beginning of sorrows. We know that we can feel it. And I I just want to know, is this the moment to escape to heaven? I mean, really? Uh, maybe there is things that we need to do here on earth. I think that we are heaven-bound intercessors for the end time. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling that God want us to be true believers. And how do you know a true believer? Well, my children have observed me becoming a true believer over the past 18, 20 years. And uh, some of the things that we noticed was a change of direction. Uh, when a person put their faith in Jesus as a true believer, they confess their sins and decide in their hearts and their mind to forsake the old way of life and to follow Jesus into a brand new life. I did that. Did you do that? If you did that, you are a true believer. Your focus changed. Your life is no longer uh, focused on pleasing and indulging yourself, but instead you're pleasing God. You're striving to obey what Jesus said to do by the workings and the assistance and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Literally, 
your relationship with the Father, the Creator God becomes a focal point in your life, the focal point. And then there's a change of purpose. It's no longer, uh, let me go to school, finish this, let me become that. I mean, yes, you do all of the earthly things that we are here to do. You excel because you were blessed anyway when God created you in the realm of the Spirit. So you cannot help but to multiply and be a blessing no matter where you are. But your purpose in life begins to change. A true believer wants to share their faith, uh, to proclaim the gospel, to share your personal testimony. A true believer wants to mature in your faith, you know, from a spiritual infant, you know, to becoming a leader in the kingdom of God. That's a true believer, a change of purpose, a change of discipline, a change of family. You want to study the Bible so that you can learn who is this creator God? What is his nature? What is his value? What is his character? How does that incorporate into my life daily? That's a true believer. And then finally, family. Your family is not limited to just your physical DNA. You realize that you want to be involved in the spiritual family, the family of God, the children of God. You want to be a part of the local church, the worship, the fellowship, the spiritual growth, evangelizing. That's what happened when you become a true believer. A true believer has a new purpose, a new desire. A new love, falling in love with Jesus. Amen. And, and then a new master, uh, who actually becomes your father through the spirit of adoption, as we learn in Romans, the eighth chapter. I know that it feels like you came up with the great idea of becoming a believer of Jesus Christ, but actually John, the 15th chapter, verse number 16 shows that Jesus chose you and I. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So a true believer has an, uh, uh, it's like, um, you got a promise. You you have a promise from Jesus, amen, that you will uh, go out, you will produce fruit, the fruit will prosper, will, will remain even beyond your lifespan. And so that as you live, you can ask anything in Jesus' name. You can ask the Father, the Creator God, and guess what? He will give it to you. Mark, the 16th chapter, lets us know that these signs shall follow those that believe in Jesus. Amen. In Jesus name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues, not just speaking in tongues, but your language, love, your language, power, your language, authority, your daily language will change. Your thoughts will change. Amen. So you will speak with new tongues. You shall take up serpents. And if you drink any deadly thing, 
it shall not hurt you. You shall lay hands on the sick. That includes yourself and they shall recover. These are the signs that will follow those that believe. And, you know, after the Lord said that to the disciples, he was received up into heaven and is currently sitting on the right hand of God. Now, by faith, when the disciples heard those words, they went forth. Like you and I, we are to go forth in our daily lifespan, in our daily influence, where we work, where we go to the store, to the park, to the movies, to the games, whatever you're doing in your daily living, you should go forth and preach everywhere. The Lord will be working with you and confirming his word because signs will follow you. People will be delivered. Devils will be cast out. Amen. I just want you to know that the word of God is real. As I was preparing and thinking and reading the word of God, God took me to Esther. And I just want you to know that Esther is so similar to God's original intent for mankind back in uh, Genesis when he created us in his image after his likeness and called us Adam and, you know, and male and female created he them. And over there, I just love going back to Genesis. I just love Genesis. I can't help it. But I'm running back to Genesis now, even though I'm going to speak on Esther and many other things today. And who knows? This may be part one of part two or three. But over here in Genesis, uh, first chapter, verse number 26, God says, let us make man in our image. And I, you know, I'm a spirit filled person. So my uh, what the Lord showed me about the word our is the triune nature of the creator father. And that would be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when God created us, He created us in that image where we have the characteristics and the components of God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Word made flesh, and the Holy Spirit. That's what you are made of, okay? According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish, over the birds, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing, that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Okay. Now, then God blessed them. So we're not talking about he made them. We're talking about he created them. That's different from the making of mankind. Okay. So creation is what we're talking about. That in creation, you have been blessed. Amen. And here's the blessing that God spoke over the creation of mankind. He said, be fruitful. And that's why Jesus came and said what he said, that I, I chose you so that you can be fruitful and fruit will remain. And then God said, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So in order for you to subdue something, you have to have power. Amen. You have to have authority. And God did that and have uh, dominion over the fish, over the birds, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So that's the original blessing that you and I live under. God created mankind so that we would not just be his trophy, 
but we represented him. That was his original intent to have fellowship, communion with us as we execute his will upon the earth that he made. Amen. And so Esther reminds me of us, mankind. I'm going to read from the Bible. First chapter verses one through 13. Okay. Um, now it came to pass in the days of Ashuras. This was Ashuras. He reigned over a hundred and 27 provinces from India to Ethiopia in those days when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the citadel, that in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials and servants. And that's from Persia, Medes, Media, the nobles, the princes, and he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom. That sounds like our God wants to show us the riches of his glorious kingdom. And this is a king on earth, okay? And the splendor of his excellent uh, majesty for many days, 180 days. That's half a year for six months. He just displayed all of the splendor and beauty of his kingdom. And when these days were completed, he had another feast. And that lasted seven days for all the regular people who were present in Shushan, the citadel from great to small in the court of the garden of the king's palace. And uh, listen to the the luxury, blue and white linen, curtains, purple on silver rods and marble pillars, uh, couches of gold and silver. We don't see this even today unless you perhaps go to Israel or the Arabic countries, uh, Dubai, <laughs> things of that nature. Mosaic pavement of alabaster, turquoise, white and black marble. They serve drinks and golden vessels, each vessel, that means cups, guys, being different or glasses from the other with royal wine in abundance, according to the generosity of the king. In accordance with the law, drinking was not compulsory. So that was just on you. If you wanted to delight in drinking wine with the king, you were able to do so. And so... Queen Vashti, she made a feast for all the women. Now, on the seventh day, the king was so happy and so excited and just so pleased with his kingdom and his leaders and all of that, and even his Enochs. And he was just so happy. He said, look, go get my the biggest trophy of all, my beautiful queen. And he called for Queen Vashti because he wanted her to wear her royal crown and show her beauty to all the people because she was just gorgeous. And she refused to come. There go that female independence that we're living through even today. We have so many weddings and marriages that cannot last because our women today really do not know how to be wives. That's a sidebar that we're not going to go to. But it's also indicative of the state of the church, that even the church itself does not know how to be betrothed. You know, how do you 
be betrothed to the king of kings, and yet you are still practicing holotry. You are still practicing whoredom because you are not really, we the church are not uh, just only worshiping the creator God. We're not just being uh, committed to Jesus and Jesus alone. We're looking at mammoth. We're looking at money. We're looking at social status. We're just doing everything. And, and then on the side, we're holding on to Jesus just in case we need him. So we, the church, are very much like Queen Vashti, not just truly understanding that the king is my king and I am his glory. And that's what God wanted for mankind. He made mankind so that we can be his glory upon the earth. But the serpent deceived Eve. And so we know where we are as of this day. And we thank God for Jesus because Jesus came as the second Adam and redeemed mankind so that we can now under Jesus function in the original intent and design of God, the creator father. So let's go back to Esther. And what does she do? Just like us, refuse to come when our God, our father calls us. We refuse to stand up against evil in our society today. We refuse to say, this is wrong. You cannot do abortion. This is wrong. Same sex cannot marry. We we refuse because we don't want to lose our lover. We don't want to lose our lover, social status, money, fame, glory, comfort, the things of this world. Because once we stand, there is a great risk that the government would come against us and things will happen to us. People will come against us. So we, the church, are very much operating now today like Queen Vashti. Oh, my God. I just got that revelation now. And so verse number 13 and 12, the king was so furious. So we wonder, will we, the church, experience judgment? I'm here to tell you, yes. And the reason is because of our lack of commitment to our betrothed, because we're not yet married. We're not the bride yet. We are the church that is becoming the bride. So we are currently betrothed to Jesus. <laughs> and so when he wants us to come forth, when the father says, well, I'd like to meet your betrothed, the one that you're going to marry, your fiance. And yet the church does not stand up because we're busy pursuing the other gods in our life. And yes, that makes God angry, just as it made the king angry, furious, that Queen Vashti did not come forth. Verse number 13, Then the king said to the wise men who understood the times, and, and that's another thing um, in the Bible, it talks about the tribe of Ishakar, who understood the times and the seasons. And yes, Jesus told us, no one knows the exact day that everything is going to happen. However, we do know time and season. You should know time and season. You should know 
as saints of God, as believers, and even as sinners, that something weird is happening, that things are not the same. Time and season is changing. Perilous times are manifesting. And so he called them together and said, what to do? (laughs) What should we do to Queen Vashti? Because according to the law, she did not obey the command of King Ashurus. And even it was brought to her, the commandment, by one of the eunuchs. Do you know that when, I'm I'm breaking off again, that when King uh, Nebuchadnezzar, okay, the king that came and took Israel away and put them in slavery in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar for 70 years, that a portion of that process, the eunuchs were considered so vital to the government that they were all killed. They were not taken in to slavery for those 70 years. So when a unit comes to you, that is the will of the king. The king can trust that person. It's almost like when God sends a message to the earth, he sends the angel, Gabriel, who is in his presence. Gabriel is known to be the angel that abides in the presence of God. So therefore, when King Ashura sent the commandment to Queen Vashti by the eunuch, the eunuch who stay in the presence, knowing the thoughts and the plans and the ideas and the imaginations and the intent of the king, that was huge. That was her spitting in the face of the king and saying, I will not come to you. You and I are guilty and have been guilty of this as believers. We would like to think that we are true believers, but we have some spots and blemishes that would make us be very much like Queen Vashti. And and I'm here to bring like a little warning to me and you that it's time for us to um, move away from being Queen Vashti and learn how to become Queen Esther instead. Because honestly, Queen Esther came into being because of Queen Vashti rebellion. And we, and we look at verse number 19. She was dethroned because she did not come. And, and uh, matter of fact, everyone understood that if the women of the nation heard about her behavior, they would then revolt against their husbands as she did against the king. And so verse number 19 says, if it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes so that it will not be altered, that Vashti shall come no more before King Ashur and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. Oh my. Believers, we're at risk for that same thing happening to us. If we don't get our act together, 
and make up in our mind that we're going to become obedient to the ways of God and learn God's nature, by the way. And when he sends us a message, angelic vision, dream or word that we're we're going to obey. We're going to obey the will of God, because if not, we can face what Queen Vashti faced, that the king will give her royal position to another who is better than she. And that is exactly what happened. And so this is how Esther was discovered because of Queen Vashti disobedience and rebellion. If you go to Esther with me, the second chapter, verses one through nine, we will find out that she was chosen to be placed in the race. (laughs) Okay, just like Jesus chose you and I, he said, you did not choose me. I chose you. If you're wondering on New Year's Day who you're listening to and what you're listening to, you're listening to escape to heaven. But is it is now is now the time to escape or should we be heavenly bounded and interceding for this world, interceding for America, interceding for your family, interceding for the church? who is the betrothed and is failing at being a fiancé to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, Jesus himself. I don't think we should be escaping to heaven. We should know how to escape and go within and find strength and energy inside of us, in our spirit, and come out and intercede and and do those things that would indicate because the word of God says in Mark that signs shall follow those that believe. Amen. That's where we should be. And so here we are looking at Esther, the second chapter, and I was right. I'm not going to finish this. This is going to be part one. Okay. So let's do Esther, the second chapter. Um. Here's what happened. He sent the letters out to all the different languages in his in his uh, country. And remember, he reigned from India to Ethiopia. And uh, it said what Ashti, what Vashti had done. And, you know, and they went throughout the country. And there was this young lady. Um, he said, grab all these beautiful young virgins and bring them in and put them under the custody of, I don't know how to say it, but Hegei, 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 H-E-G-A-I, the king's eunuch custodian of the woman. And he would do the beauty preparations for each beautiful virgin that they found. So there was this young girl and there was this Jew called Mordecai in Shushan. And, uh, he had an orphan, which was his niece, and her name was um, Hadessa, and that meant uh, Esther, okay? And so, therefore, he took her in as his own daughter, and when that decree went out, she was also taken to the king's palace in the care of 
Hey, Gai. Now, this young woman pleased the eunuch and she obtained favor. So let's talk about that. When you and I decide to stop being rebellious, even as believers, even as the church, okay, uh, when we stop being rebellious, we gain favor and we gain the favor of God and it begins to be exuded in our lives. Amen. And so that is what happened with Esther. I'm going to pray right now that as we learn more about being um, believers that intercede, that are heaven bound, that the Father releases favor upon our lives. Father God, we come to you today in the spirit of repentance, Lord, and we ask you to touch our lives, change our hearts and our spirit. Allow us, Lord God, to seek you, to become one with your will, Lord, so that we will begin to stand in the gap for mankind right now during this critical period of time that we're in. Lord, we're asking you for your grace and your mercy, and that you give us more time to prepare for your coming, Lord, before the judgment is placed and released upon the land. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. God bless me. God bless the the, the listeners. Bless us, Lord God. Bless the church. Bless us, Lord, to become the intercessors, God, that you've prepared us to be, Lord. We are royal priesthood, royal And so, Father, we thank you for the transformation that is beginning in our lives on New Year's Day, 2023. Can't wait to see you next time. God bless you.